When Pokemon Go comes to a stop, the most engaging years for school students, referencing errors plaguing academia. Hello and welcome to Talking Eds, APN Educational Media's weekly review podcast, comprising the team behind Early Learning Review, Education Review and Campus Review. I'm Patrick Avenal and I'm the news editor for these sites. Now, last week we had a special presentation and this week we're back in our usual format and we're welcoming back James from his trip to Europe and North Africa. James, welcome back. Thank you. It's great to have you back. Did you have a good time? I had a great time. What was the one highlight? The one highlight? Probably Porto in Portugal. Go there, I recommend it. Excellent. And Lauren, it's great to have you back. You're the editor of Early Learning Review. Yes, I haven't actually gone anywhere, but yeah, I'm back in the studio. It's great to be here. Uh, So let's kick it off, Lauren, with you. And uh, part one, we're going to talk about Pokemon Go, which is definitely the most popular video game of the year and almost the most popular cultural touchpoint overall of 2016 so far. But it has not been without controversy. Tell us how it's affected the early learning space. So we know that Pokemon Go doesn't actually go everywhere because particular cities, particular organisations have banned it. And the latest one to do so is the New York governor, Andrew Cuomo, who has banned paroled sex offenders from using or downloading the app. So the reason he's done this is because he thinks that there is an association between these paroled sex offenders using the app and instances of child abuse, although there is no evidence to prove that. In case some of our listeners perhaps aren't across exactly Pokemon Go, you had to give a quick description of how the game works? Sure, I can. So it It's a virtual reality game whereby users look at the real world but through their iPhone screens and these virtual cartoon characters pop up and the users have to find them. And these um, characters are placed, sort of virtually placed worldwide in various locations. So whoever's using this app can go and look for these imaginary critters. And it's a, it's a game that's become quite popular. It's sort of spanned every generation, like from young young children all the way up to you know friends of mine, adults in their thirties are playing it. And so that's sort of it's bringing together groups of people who normally wouldn't interact in normal life. That's right. You could say that um, the age span would be probably around five to maybe even I don't know seventy or eighty. So it applies to a wide variety of people. So just a bit more on this story, the the ban followed a report by some New York senators who said that um, these Pokemon Go characters were popping up near these convicted sex offenders' homes and that that posed a risk to small children who'd be hunting for these Pokemon creatures. Um, But then a well-known parenting blogger in the US kind of blasted this policy saying that, first of all, the whole stranger danger theory has been disproven because children are, I think, 90% or more likely to be assaulted by someone they know. And the other reason she gave is that sex offenders actually have one of the lowest rates of recidivism amongst all criminals. So this is a highly controversial stance, but it is going through. And in fact, the governor has asked the game's uh, creator called Niantech for their cooperation and has shared this paroled sex offenders list with them and asked them to ensure that these people don't get access to this app. What's to stop um, people on the sex offenders registered from just using a false name and downloading the app? Well, that's the issue. It probably will be very hard to police. So we'll see how it actually goes. 
the the Pokemon Go game, I mean, obviously it's very popular and people who, who play it report uh, highest levels of satisfaction with it, but it is also a game that sort of, it, it has straddled the lines of, you know, uh, controversy and it, there is disquiet regard around it, especially with people uh, using it while driving, people playing while walking down the street and walking into the street. Uh, a lot of businesses don't like the fact that it's attracting people to their business to loiter outside with their phones. So it's interesting the way that society is sort of as a group had to react to this with no warning of its enormous popularity. Uh, James, you were overseas. Were people playing Pokemon Go overseas? Um, no, actually. <laughs> no, they weren't. Um, in Spain, I didn't really observe anyone playing it, nor in Portugal, and neither in Morocco. No. Oh, clearly those seas aren't like Sydney because uh, yeah. that first week... Uh, I was bumping into people up and down George Street on my commute whose eyes were glued to their screens. I'd be interested to hear what you guys think. Do you think that this is a fair thing to do to prevent these paroled sex offenders from using the game? Not if there's no evidence behind this, the policy. It seems like a very just, look here, I'm doing something policy and vote for me. To me, it reeks of that whole tough-on-crime stance that politicians mm. use to gain public favour and that is not necessarily good for society as a whole, in fact, um, the um, sorry, draconian would be the word to describe it. Yeah, Human Rights Watch said that any law that specifically targets um, sex offenders um, usually don't have evidence to support them and can actually have the reverse effect of encouraging violence against these people. So they can actually be more harmful to the sex, the former sex offenders, than to the children who are purportedly at risk. Mm, it, it's almost like the laws back in New South Wales a, w a while ago where certain sex offenders couldn't live in it. They, they had to keep moving house because the neighbours would complain and then they'd have to keep moving house to government because it, it was government housing and then the government would have to keep moving and moving and moving so they couldn't... And these were people that had done that time. Well, the biggest problem with those sort of laws is that it forces them off the grid. I think it's much better if you've got people that do need to have some sort of vigilance over their whereabouts. If you can keep them in one spot... I think that is a lot easier. But the hounding and the moving, I mean, obviously no one wants uh, a pry living next door to them, but the problem with the moving around is that it actually makes it easier for them to f slip through the cracks. Mm. So it is a vexed issue, though, so I I'm, I'm hardly one to suggest that I have a, a better response, mm. although I do think that the, the ban on Pokemon Go, I think it's a it's like taking um, uh, Sudafed when you don't have a cold. I mean, it's not going to stop you from getting one, why, so why, why try and... Uh, 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 why try and medicate a symptom that doesn't exist? James, part two, you spoke with a researcher that is looking into how engaged and interested children and teens are with their school studies. And she brought up some interesting but alarming results. Tell us more. Okay, so this was these were the results from the Gallup student poll 2016. They, it was, schools could opt into the survey, it was nationwide. And basically they surveyed the children in years five to 12 on their levels of hope engagement of school, so how well they well they felt they fit in the school community, and their well overall mental mental health well being. And quite alarming results. Um, I'll have them in front of me. Less than half of children, years five to twelve, reported hopeful about their future. So that Gallup defined that as the ideas and energy we have for the future, which drives effort, ac academic achievement and retention of students. Um, and then there's engagement. And only sixty percent of students in year five to 12 report they're engaged and there was an interesting downward bell curve there 
whereby 74% of students in year five reported they were engaged with school, and then down, and then it just declined until year 12 and went a little bit back up in years 11 and 12 for reasons unknown. And then well-being is only 63% of students reported um, good well-being, essentially, in, in schools in years 5 to 12. Yeah, I found this survey quite, quite remarkable because, you know, we tend to... Our school years are 13 years of our lives and then we tend to romanticise about them for the rest of our lives. And it all peaks in year five. When we're 10 years old, it all goes downhill from there. I, uh, I didn't enjoy my year five. I must say my favourite year was year 12. Oh, I'm, I was year 10. Laura, what was I've your favourite year? I was year 10 as well. Yeah. Um, but it was interesting, the timing with the release of the results. It's a day after NAPLAN, which was interesting because we all heard about how our students are declining in terms of academic achievement. But these were, but during the presentation when B's results were released, Gallup showed that um, students who report high levels of hope, engagement, and well-being had high levels of academic achievement. So maybe we're missing the market and rather than just blaming our teachers. Or... I also think teenagers are notoriously moody beasts. So it might just be that they, uh, they're, they're asking people who are in a, you know, the, a stage of adolescence how, how they feel at a time when they're most prone to say that they're diffident about society and about their schooling. I can understand why these kids might not be hopeful. They've grown up, you know, either amidst or post the GFC. The economy is just not the same as it was 10 years ago, and it probably won't be for quite some time. So I think their prospects are dimmer in some respects than those of previous generations. That was a big point. Um, Gallup also pointed to, towards there's a lot more economic uncertainty about what careers you hold, what degree you do, and also um, the pressure to go into university before university was seen as a only one in ten students went to university I believe in the 1950s these days it's one in two it's universities are norm now it's and you're seen as dumb if you don't go to university and that's quite ironic I feel considering the lack of jobs out there for university graduates as opposed to those who pursue a trade in part three today plagiarism has been in the news recently from Melania Trump's let's say, unusual speech to the Republican National Convention, which seemed to borrow heavily from an earlier speech by First Lady Michelle Obama. Uh, so this week, I was looking at some research by a company called RefMe, and they're a digital reference management tool. And what they discovered was that half of the Australian university students that they surveyed have lost marks due to incorrect referencing. Not necessarily plagiarism, but incorrect referencing. And they dug deep and they, they found out what the most common referencing mistakes were. And they are formatting references incorrectly, using the wrong referencing style, not submitting a full reference list or bibliography, failing to reference a quote or idea that was not yours, referencing the wrong source, paraphrasing another author's work, and self-plagiarism, where you recycle your own work again and again. And a tangential issue to this is ghostwriting, which involves one student handing in an ostensibly original piece, but that's been written by somebody else. Now, that can be a friend that is helping someone out who's under the gun, or it can be a more organised, paid uh, sort of essay factory that we have seen pop up a couple of times at universities around Australia recently. And often uh, these essay factories target overseas students who might have more disposable income and who tend to be under a lot of pressure to deliver uh, very high marks. So, and uh, I just wanted to find out your thoughts on this, uh, James and Lauren. Uh, referencing, did you guys have any issues with it when you were at uni? Um, referencing, 
Not really, but I used a lot of computer programs that did it properly for me. What I, I actually think would be a good idea for universities is for them to develop their own computer program, which they give out to students, and so they just type, put in the info from their references into the computer program, and it formats them correctly for them. They should just do that rather than... Because otherwise you can, you can go to some random stuff on the internet and it, it will do it wrong for you, and most students don't know how to do it properly. I, I agree. When I was at university, there were there were competing referencing styles, and they were all named after old universities. There was the Oxford style, mm. the Harvard style, the Cambridge style, and you never quite knew which one was the the one to do for your university. I went to the Australian National University, nor for the department. So you'd have the the science department were addicted to Harvard. Then the arts wanted you to do. Uh, the Oxford style, and you never really knew which one you were supposed to be doing? I think um, in terms of incorrect formatting, it's a really petty way for teachers to mark you down in an assignment, <laughs> and in fact it was once used as a weapon against me by a teacher who didn't like me, who decided to fail me for an entire subject based on incorrect referencing. Ooh. So I've got a bit of a personal <laughs> slice against referencing, but I do believe universities don't make it easy for students to do it well. I do think that the easiest way to do it would be to have a universal system that, you know, the University of Australia get together and they say, right, as a group, we're going to give the imprimatur to X system and then, then you know, you can download an app or a software program that just really churns it out for you to make it as easy as possible. Because at the moment, I think there is a lot of confusion from students around how to reference. And I also think that you go from high school, which is a bit like the Wild West with referencing, into university which is a lot more rigid mm. and a lot of kids find that hard to adapt especially if you're 18 and you're in you're a freshman and you're exposed to a new environment it can be very difficult to sort of move with that those rigid times where every pretty much every book you pick up from the library if you're in the humanities you've got to write down a million details about it to include later the other thing is it's a huge waste of time i remember <laughs> sometimes it would take me equally as long to do referencing as it did the assignment and that's just crazy unnecessary. I used to sort of enjoy doing referencing. I used to put on some music and sit there and sort of, you know, do the mindless productivity of, of uh, formatting all of the, the information that I collected, you know, on post-it notes over the previous week of writing an assignment. I remember in high school, they, in year 12, for, for our history subjects, they taught us how to reference and we had to reference in university style. So I reckon that would be a good idea for, as, as I mentioned before, one and two students going to go to uni, they need to learn how to reference in some way. Well, this has been a really good episode of Talking Eds. Lauren, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you, Patrick. What, do you have any plan for the weekend? Anything interesting? This weekend, I'm doing absolutely nothing, and I'm very excited about that. Excellent. James, I assume you're not going anywhere, seeing that you're just back? I'm not going anywhere exotic, but I just have a friend's 22nd birthday. Excellent. The 22nd birthday is always a good one, because you can reflect on, <laughs> on what you got up to the year before. Uh... Thanks very much for listening and check out these stories and more at campusreview.com.au, educationreview.com.au and earlylearningreview.com.au. Thanks very much for listening to Talking Eds. Great, Thanks. thank you.